மனநம் நிதித்தியாசனம் லிசன் ரிஃப்ளெக்ட் அண்ட் அப்சார்ப் டியர் லிஸ்னர்ஸ் சாய்ராம் அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு அவர் ரேடியோ சீரீஸ் இன் விச் அ டிவைன் டிஸ்கோர்ஸ் டெலிவர்ட் பை பகவான் இஸ் பிளேட் இன் ஸ்மால் பார்ட்ஸ் அண்ட் ஃபாலோயிங் ஈச் பார்ட் அ ஷார்ட் டிஸ்கஷன் இஸ் அண்டர் டேக்கன் டு ரிஃப்ளெக்ட் ஆன் த மெசேஜ் திஸ் இஸ் எ பார்ட் ஆஃப் ரேடியோ சாய்ஸ் தேர்ஸ்டே லைஃப் ஹோஸ்டெட் பை சாய் பிரகாஷ் அண்ட் பிரேம் எவ்ரி தேர்ஸ்டே அட் செவன் தேர்ட்டி பிஎம் ஓன்லி ஆன் ஏஷியா ஸ்ட்ரீம் ஆஃப் ரேடியோ சாய் குளோபல் ஹார்மனி இன் டுடேஸ் எபிசோட் விச் வாஸ் ஃபர்ஸ்ட் ப்ராட்காஸ்ட் லைஃப் ஆன் டுவெண்ட்டி ஆகஸ்ட் டுவெண்ட்டி ப்ரொஃபஸர் ஜி வி பிரபாகர் ராவ் ஆன்ரரி ப்ரொஃபஸர் டிபார்ட்மெண்ட் ஆஃப் மேத்மெட்டிக்ஸ் அண்ட் கம்ப்யூட்டர் சயின்சஸ் ஸ்ரீ சத்ய சாய் இன்ஸ்டிடியூட் ஆஃப் ஹையர் லேர்னிங் பார்ட்டிசிபேட்டட் ஆஸ் எ கெஸ்ட் த டிஸ்கோர்சஸ் அண்டர் டேக்கன் ஃபார் ஸ்டடி இன் திஸ் ப்ரோக்ராம் ஆர் ஃப்ரம் த சீரீஸ் ஆஃப் டிஸ்கோர்சஸ் டெலிவர்ட் ஆஸ் பார்ட் ஆஃப் தி சம்மர் கோர்ஸ் இன் இண்டியன் கல்ச்சர் அண்ட் ஸ்பிரிச்சுவாலிட்டி நைன்டீன் நைன்டி த கிளிப்ஸ் பிளேட் டுடே ஆர் எ கண்டினியூஷன் ஃப்ரம் த டிஸ்கோர்ஸ் டெலிவர்ட் ஆன் டுவெண்ட்டி ஃபோர்த் மே Sairam to all listeners of Radio Sai this is Prem from Team Radio Sai welcoming you all to yet another episode of Shravanam Mananam Nidhityasanam every week every thursday as the penultimate show on our thursday live myself Prem and with me Sai Prakash join you for this episode of Shravanam Mananam Nidhityasanam wherein we listen to Swami's discourses with an intention of trying to delve deep into what Swami says giving swami all our attention as swami says shravanam is when you try to still the mind as much as possible and then listen swami often says that mananam which is done with the mind is done after the shravanam is done and not at the same time these are all not very simple tasks that swami has left us with but we try as much as possible to do this shravanam mananam with the prayer that nididhyasanam or the assimilation or absorption happens Dear listeners, this week we are being joined by a very special guest. But before I go ahead and introduce him to all of you, I offer on behalf of all of us present here our most humble pranams at Bhagwan's lotus feet and express our gratitude for giving us this opportunity. Sairam Sai Prakash and maybe I'll give you the honor of introducing our guest to the listeners. Sairam listeners, As Prem just said, uh, we have a very special guest with, with us, Professor Prabhakar Rao sir, who has been heading the Maths and Computer Science Department in our institute. Currently, uh, sir is an honorary professor at the Department of Mathematics and Computer Science. Of course, this is a very, very constrained way of introducing sir. Sir has come here a good three decades ago and we all as students have a lot of respect. Well, I really and, uh, wished you would have given me the opportunity to speak about that part of Sir. <laughs> yeah, you still have. <laughs> so, you know, in many interactions with Sir, I have always felt that he is somebody who is really here for the serious stuff, quote-unquote, <laughs> the serious stuff where Sir is always very keen uh, in following Swami's discourses and has always been very... sincere in trying out many of the things that Swami has taught in his personal life. And uh, it's a great opportunity to just bump into him at various times and talk about Swami because he takes you to a totally different realm of loving Swami. And I think that is the most important uh, criterion for us to get together. And uh, as I think in this section of the discourse, Swami talks about satsang. <laughs> what else can be holier than getting together and speaking about swami with that brief introduction i think we should get on to trying to summarize what swami spoke in this discourse last last week yes sir and again a warm welcome to sir it's a pleasure to have you sir on the show my prayerful pranams at bhagwan's lotus feet it's very kind of these boys to say so many nice words about me Well, Bhagavan has given me so much, probably told me so many things which happened during the time. But nevertheless, talking in a casual way to the students sitting in some place is something else. And uh, trying to talk something on Swami's discourse is an entirely different profession. And uh, I should admit that I am not for it. But anyway, I am here. I hope I will be able to do some justice for you. 
I thank these people and also I welcome and Sairam to all the listeners. Sairam to you all. Sir, actually before we just go into this discourse, you were present in 1990 when Swami actually gave these discourses. Yeah, yeah. And um, as I understand this discourse, this series started after a long gap. Yes. Uh, after about 10 year gap. And um, so how was it? What was uh, it was for the first time Swami was giving these discourses to the students right definitely you see after the break in that summer course normally swami used to give discourses in the mandir and he used to come to the college particularly when the mba program was started he used to come regularly talked about various topics and during a particular period he gave a series of discourses on atma vidya all that is used to happen but it used to benefit only prashantinilayam campus and few places and therefore i think he decided to have a summer course in the beginning of the semester where all the students of swami's institutions are brought together and uh, the kind of life those 15 days is entirely different probably all those who have do not were, were not fortunate enough to go to kodaikanal to be with him and i think this is the second best thing that could have happened in their lives and for us we were welcome our families were welcome our children were welcome and we were all taken care so those 15 days was a heaven for us besides lots of discourses from various people and swami always talks on a continuous theme time to time he will visit the lunch sessions and then you know, uh, attend the other sessions sometimes he will help so it's a very entirely a different life so those 15 days would prepare all the students for the rest of the semester rest of the year so it's a kind of a preparatory introductory course and since most of the discussion there is related to what is dear to suswami and students get perfectly tuned to the aims and objectives of the institute and there was no need for us to tell anything more during the session during the year so that was one of the greatest opportunities the students in those 3 4 years had that benefit for many of the listeners who may not know Sir was also handling the camera which he had for many years, and uh, so were you still taking video at that time in 1990? No, 1999 I did not take. Actually, 1984, just before the Balvika session started, Swami gave me permission to use the video, and I think I used it for three or four years, and then after that, that video was not working well. Sir. And then I think I got few other things onto my hands, so I just left it. But uh, as you mentioned in one of our casual conversations, it really helped you to concentrate and focus on Swami. Definitely, <laughs> see, when when you are looking through the lens, yeah. your total focus is only on Him and what is happening around. You are totally oblivious to the things which are happening around. So that really helps you to do that. In fact, I think that's the reason why Swami used to give lots of cameras to students, ask them to take photographs. You know, that gets their attention diverted now because you give a camera to the student is all the time thinking, "Where is Swami? When can I get a photograph?" And so, without telling anything, he knew the tricks as to how to make them pay attention to him. So that was one of those things in he fact, used to do. Uh, in fact, I I was in touch with one of my seniors who was regularly taking video at that time. and swami had given him strict instructions not to take anything else except himself and um, he would always wonder at that time he didn't understand because if there was a drama the entire drama in the tape you get only the audio because the video <laughs> camera is focused only on swami yeah. and swami didn't want the camera to go this way that way but he says now when i think of it how compassionate it was of swami to just make him focused on himself no but to me he told me to take both Okay. Many times he wanted. Hey, why are you taking me only? I brought here to take that. Once he took me to Anantapur to uh, shoot the uh, sports meet for girls. Okay. So as we used to do, we used also used to shoot few things to Swami. He said, "Look, look, your battery is limited. You just concentrate on them. Take the shots of sports meet. You always have my photographs later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> things like that." and he used to tell occasions what to do but still it was not easy in those days to do this kind of because there was no support and then 
there was not much of help from others and we also did not know when swami will approve something or he will not approve that kind of apprehensions were there but nevertheless as far as i was concerned he was very kind he allowed me to do but he made me to wait almost an year and a half before he could give me permission to do that work okay <laughs> because i brought my camera in 82 he gave me permission only in 84 to do that just before <laughs> the balvikas rally that's true but uh, just thinking of the whole thing in spite of swami putting a lot of restrictions still there is so much of footage available that is swami's compassion that's it. absolutely in fact, in fact if i look back it was all planned okay. the whole the, the way i brought the camera here and started doing itself is a story by itself <laughs> okay. and there are too many uh, things which happened while bringing it even this program particular program shravanam mananam we cannot be doing shravanam uh, if swami had not allowed his discourse to be recorded and because we had we have the recording of his discourse we are able to go back to the original and every time we go back to the original it gives us a new dimension yeah but sometimes he has objected there was one occasion he was giving a discourse on bhagavad gita hmm so i asked him swami i will tape these things these discourses they are very he said no need why do you want to put your video all that you just listen to it you see if you put on video then you want to listen to it you need a um television you need current you need all that <laughs> you just listen record it in your heart you just close your record how is the discourse comes on you see swami why you want to waste it so he didn't allow me to record that <laughs> but fortunately time. swami has allowed an audio recording audio recording was there all the time <laughs> so, it has been there right from the very beginning correct so and i think you should one of these days talk to dr prasad he yes. has got fantastic experiences in audio record <laughs> one wow. instance i tell you sir Swami gave a discourse. Everything was discussed. He was about to return back. He said, "Hey, any day you will see God's face. Go to church." He just said and lifted the carpet next to his uh, table. The cable connecting the mics and to the uh, the speakers, speakers or the, mm. the amplifier mixer, right. was disconnected. He <laughs> spoke the whole discourse, <laughs> and the discourse, discourse was heard by everybody, and they were not connected. <laughs> oh my God! I can't believe that. You see, that kind of experience is so many. <laughs> but in fact he made me to work with dr prasad for about 4 years oh okay yeah so okay. during that period i liked lots of things and he is a very very strict devoted person he will not even press a switch without saying sairam very true so i mean then i realized you know i was not at all interested in um, audio work and microphones all that but he made me go there and then i i learned lots of things from them the way work how they were devoted so that was a great experience sir actually when we listen to people and when we recollect our association and life with swami all that he tells in his discourses without us knowing he makes it happen in our lives like you have to concentrate on god your return inwards he makes it such that you always concentrate on him without actually making us feel that this is a lesson that you have to go through it it automatically with love he does everything no i say things are happening around us all the time yes and it's only that we have to recognize those things mm-hmm. is it only few people have an opportunity to see him physically and uh, only few people have a uh, opportunity to be close to him and observe him but there are millions of devotees for example when i was in nigeria i've seen some devotees i've never seen him i met one fellow he simply said uh, i've stopped uh, non vegetarian why i said swami came in my dream and said don't eat non vegetarian oh. i have stopped <laughs> did in eat see so that way there are many people who have never seen swami but they have experienced him they have felt him and they became devotees so the way swami works with people is amazing amazing <laughs> before you think you can do something he is already there <laughs> i had a cousin he read one book he got so excited and he thought he will go and speak about swami so went to one of his bosses and started telling all that the man heard very closely very patiently and said have you been to prashant nilayam no he said mm-hmm. then why are you telling all this no no i read this book i am excited oh i see i have been to prashant nilayam three times <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing so very amazing sir the first time you came to swami um you said you were very attracted to his message no not only first time even now every time the most amazing thing for me is the way he teaches you the way he makes you understand things the way he puts you to things 
that is what exactly is the most important thing and i have observed no matter what activity is doing what is happening his interest is in the individuals who are doing he may be conducting he may be watching a drama watching the rehearsals but his interest is in the people who are acting in the drama and try to help them try to see them try to mold them use an opportunity to tell them whatever he wants to convey them drama is only a secondary thing to bring them together or have an excuse for him to be with them during that time so that way his attention to individuals is extraordinary and i don't think anybody else can do it only he can do it simultaneously with so many people i think that's why i feel the summer courses are especially special because if swami calls a group for a interview for one hour you know swami would do a lot of things swami would materialize swami would inquire about family swami would do some small chat but there will always be that message you know embedded mm. so if you were to see the entire summer course as an interview you know swami comes for the dining sessions swami comes and uh, distributes the pens and all those things and spends a lot of time but that message part of that interview which is the summer course is actually the summer course discourses where that swami is packing his message in that one hour so it's a very very powerful thing and as sir was also telling right. yesterday and again he is very very strict about things he say he will expect the people to take notes he will give the books hmm. and then at the end of the summer course there's an examination <laughs> and those who do well they get prizes correct and uh, often every day the students are picked up to summarize the discourses put that so he makes sure that everybody is involved in it no matter what is the kind of work but everybody is involved everybody is participating his attention is on what is happening there that he makes sure and if anything is going wrong he is there to put it back into the place for example families come he will find some work for them he will say all right you work in the kitchen make this this do that and keep them busy their children are there he will give some work to the children mm-hmm. so that way everybody is taken care it's just like he is preparing you for life itself and uh, if you work in your life orienting your every activity towards him i think then it's a smooth so you, do you would like to summarize what swami has spoken so far yeah far? maybe the couple of points which swami has made here we could just recollect before going to the next clip which is the third clip of the discourse as always swami starts with a beautiful poem which gives a summary of the whole discourse to come correct my swami is saying that mind alone is the cause for man's rise and fall it's responsible for bondage and liberation that is how swami starts with the definition of the mind and then swami gives the four functional aspects of the mind or how the mind can be described and divided based on the functions it performs where swami says he talks about manas buddhi chitta and ahankara so he says that manas is that uh, wavering or that mind which goes after the senses or goes after cravings buddhi is the intellect or the discriminating mind chitta is the memory or the one which stores impressions from many lifetimes and ahankara is that part of the mind which makes you think that you're an individual you are separate from the whole sir would you like to ch- uh, share any insights about this particular actually swami gave a definition of chitragupta everybody thinks that chitragupta is an individual who maintains a record all that it is not that chitragupta chittamunandu guptamuga unnavadu chitraguptudu wow. the one who is hiding, hiding inside your chitta is chitragupta and therefore he knows what are all thoughts you have went into there what are all things you have got there and therefore he is there that's why he is called chitragupta he gave a nice definition beautiful <laughs> chitragupta <laughs> so i mean that's what i was saying so this kind of uh, clarifications only bhagwan could do it and i would say that i was always thrilled by this this mm. kind of way because things we never thought about it or things we could think we could not understand difficult made it so so simple and is it for example atma he will explain it in a very simple way we will understand things like that mm. so and very often the kind of talks he would have no during the varanda or people they are more valuable than sometimes things he thinks in the discourses that's true in casual conversation he casual reveals conversations sometimes he will bring out great truth in a very very simple way very true you know i was just going through where swami is telling you know explaining mind and atma in a very very simple way swami is saying mind is like the thief who has stolen away this jewel which is the atmic consciousness mm. so you want to get it back you have to catch the mind 
interrogate him <laughs> and you know either you talk to him pleasingly or you punish him or do whatever and get back the jewel from him <laughs> wow <laughs> in so many different ways he brings out so then he goes on to describe what the mind is actually is just a bundle of thoughts and uh, here there is a very powerful statement he says thoughts what are bad thoughts it is a bad thought that separates a man from a man and makes him forget the common divinity in them <laughs> so uh, uh, just the thought that we are separate from each other itself is a bad thought according to swami <laughs> that uh, that comes in when he says how the mind is just a bundle of thoughts yeah actually he has said that the whole problem with human beings is the fear there is a song yes and bhayam 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 yes in that after that he says the main cause for the fear is the separateness oh the every individual feels that he is different from one even though he is actually the same the fact that he thinks that he is different from that creates a fear in him mm. and that fear in turn creates all other problems in the human beings and therefore seeing the unity among the human beings is the only solution to overcome this wow <laughs> <laughs> and you know the beautiful way which swami gives here he saying you know understandably if you go to a person who is quite uninitiated in the path and tell him that everybody is one there is underlying unity instead of that swami saying that you're an individual mm-hmm. try to expand what you think as you are mm-hmm. like you know from a man to a family a family to a society a society to a country where you you know bring into your f- sphere of happiness as many people as possible and that way expand and understand that you are all one in nature Mm. You know, that's the point which Swami is making here. Where Swami says the peace know, of the individual as well as that of the world depends on right the, gradually from the individual level to the level of the family, correct to the community, nation, and finally the whole world. So that actually is related once to the that Nethi principle. You know, he, he alone has said that it is not this; it is not, not only this. Right, and in elucidating that, he said one way is to expand yourself. That is Brahman. So first, you bring your family, parents into your life. Then your children, brothers, siblings, then friends, then others. So you keep on adding one after one, one after one into your circle of love, and there will be a day you will start loving everybody else, and then you are closer to God that day. <laughs> the other thing is remove everything. This is not this. This is what I don't want. This is not. You start removing all that, then there will be nothing left to you. Then again, you are that. Wow! <laughs> so the, both the directions are possibly point, but the other one is very easy. You enjoy it, you appreciate it as the time goes. Then he goes on to give different colors for the mind, right? Which is something very <laughs> unique, <laughs> which we have not heard before. This, I think, Barnowski in his talks has explained that correct. The the person of the aura of the person is related to the some sense. the feelings the person has the purity of the heart the person has got and that gets reflected in that so he has uh, talked about it in one of his uh, talks and the book sir being a computer science professor is there a way you can explain you know here we have different aspects of the mind you have manas buddhi chitta ankara and then uh, uh, do you find any similarities yeah there is a great similarity between them and in fact i think that can clear out quite a few points if people start thinking in those terms it did help me in few things first of all the human body is the hardware of the computer okay okay uh, of course basically since we are talking about we are concerned about only the intellectual faculty it is only the head that concerns so all the gnanendriyas they become the input output devices Okay. The carpentrias have no relevance in this, mm-hmm. but the ganendrias become input to that, and uh, the three levels of the mind. I said we have equivalence in the computers. We have the the memory part of it. We have the hard disk where the things are stored, and we access things from the hard disk, put it to the RAM, and execute. So sometimes we bring out our old thoughts into the mind, start thinking about it. That in turn creates some thoughts, or thoughts which are there again if they are. good enough they go and get stored up in your memory so there is a close relationship between the three levels that means the three levels which are given there by swami namely the manas buddhi mm. and uh, chitta they essentially in my view they correspond to the storage <laughs> the execution part of it mm-hmm. and the buddhi corresponds to some kind of a logic which is used by schedulers and others mm. where different programs are picked up and executed from time to time and if you 
look at the usual computing system the programs are picked up mm-hmm. and they look for input outputs okay <laughs> but in our case what happens is it's a data driven system <laughs> we see something mm-hmm. that in turn creates some feelings and that creates some resemblances or so what we call as associations because the human mind is an associated memory Mm. it's it's not addressable memory is associative memory oh okay. so something which is related to that a part of that content will makes us to bring out everything you see somebody we don't recognize him then he tells no no on that day in the bus stand i met you there you asked me the train number i gave you oh right right i remember mm. so that way the may, human being memory is an associative memory so once these inputs outputs come there they trigger those feelings and then they bring out thoughts but what happens is that the there is not a perfect control as the as we keep seeing things our mind keeps switching from one to another one to another so ultimately nothing achieved hmm. and so what exactly all this being said is that if you start something stick to that continue the control the mind in such a way that a particular task has been picked up is executed with one mindedness hmm. and then only you make some progress so for concentration is what exactly is required so if you don't have concentration the mind keeps switching from one thing to another even when we are doing something we are reading some there are people who read and keep listening to the music and keep watching as well so that is not exactly what is required the more one is able to concentrate his mind the more will power comes and the power of human being comes so the what we lack is we do not have a perfect control our mind the way we are able to focus our minds like the great seers or great sadhakas do whatever you say should comes to that's mm. what is required and, and i think all the spiritual sadhana and what all that swami has been trying to do to, to gain that in other words multitasking is good for computers but for human <laughs> beings it is not good okay. you should basically be single task or batch processing systems would do well I mean uh, man has really created robots he yes. has created uh, super computers but he has not created a mind <laughs> basically no mind it, is not created actually the mind part corresponds to the software part of the computing system the brain is only the hardware part of it mm. the mind is essentially the software system which makes it do things and how exactly the mind is there i don't think it is clearly understood by many of the people probably those who are a great seers they have a idea about it but otherwise i think it's least understood concept and that's where the most of the experts in ai struggle with correct they want to create a human being something imitates but uh, they don't know how for example simple thing i'm talking now i read something i remember it i don't know how i remember that how i am accessing it how i am able to bring out those things coin sentences the relevant, the thing relevant things i do not know i just do it somehow those algorithms which are being used are not known to me correct but god has given that to us during the process we learn a child when is born it hardly knows anything but then slowly over a period of time it builds up program after program algorithm after algorithm it keeps adding to the things and it becomes a human being but they must have done something like that when you talk of artificial intelligence something which is a self learning program yeah they have done for example there are programs which can play chess and they can play do thing many other things expert systems all those things but then again these basic things they are taken up together and then they are made into some kind of engineering the intelligence okay so rule based systems things like that they have built they have their own limitations the basic thing the mind has like intuition and perception and mm. things like that they do not they exist no wonder swami throws the challenge yes. that yeah and know yourself <laughs> and therefore it is in my view it is impossible to create a mind you can imitate few activities the mind can do mm. like face recognition you can build programs you show them few thousands of programs train it and next to say one day so one of those programs it can recognize <laughs> but how exactly a human being recognizes faces it is not understood at all in various ways we understand that's what exactly people are struggling so getting back to the discourse on the mind do you think we should start yeah, with the next clip we start with the next clip sure, the sure. third clip in the discourse wherever you turn this world you come across fear intilo utina bhayame vidhireki vedina bhayame be you in the house your child fear go to the road 
रैले किना भय में बस से किना भय में बोर्ड का रैल और बस केवल चार दिन किया रैले किना भय में पढ़ावे किना भय में गोट में बोर्ड प्लेन केवल हंड्रेड भय किया ये जो लड़की बोलता है बंटे बोलो भय में ये भी यू वांट टू वॉक अप केवल हंड्रेड भय किया वंटरे का इंटरव्यू उन्हें डाली करने भय में
సారథిగా చేతిలోనే ఈ పద్ధతులు లేకపోతే గుర్రములే నడవు ఇఫ్ ది చారియర్ డస్ నాట్ హ్యావ్ ది రోప్స్ ఇన్ హిస్ హ్యాండ్ వదిలిపెట్టినటువంటి పద్ధతుల వల్లే గుర్రములు అనుసరిస్తుంటాయి ఈ మనస్సు ద మైండ్ not being controlled by అందులో ఈ గుణములు సామాన్యమైన గుణములు కావు ఆర్డినరీ హార్సెస్ విషయ భోగములు కేవలం విచారం చేస్తూ పోతున్నాయి తిరుగుతుండాలి ఈ ప్రమాదం ఎవరికి అండ్ హూ బి ఫేసింగ్ దిస్ రైతములకే కాదు ఆత్మతత్వాన్ని మనము నిర్మూలం చేస్తున్నాం అండ్ ఆల్సో దిన్సిపల్ ఆఫ్ ఆత్మ ఈస్ గుడ్ టు ట్రావ్ ఈనాడు రెండింటికి చేసినటువంటి రెమెడీగా తయారవుతున్నాడు టుడే వుసింగ్ థింగ్స్ మానవత్వం అనేటువంటి చక్కగా గుర్తించవాలంటే మనసు యొక్క తత్వాన్ని మనం గుర్తించాలి ఇఫ్ యూ వాంట్ అండర్స్టాండ్ దినీక్నెస్ ఆఫ్ హ్యూమానిటీ అండ్ హ్యూమన్ బీయింగ్ ఇతరులకు కీళ్ళ గురించి చింతిస్తూ ఉంటారు పీపుల్ గోన్ థింకింగ్ బ్యాడ్ ఆఫ్ అదర్స్ ఇది చాలా ప్రమాదం దిస్ ఈస్ గ్రేట్ దిస్ ఇస్ డేంజరస్ ఇతరులు కీడు చింతించడం చేత తనకేదో మేలు జరుగుతున్నాడని భావిస్తున్నాడు తెలియవాడు బై థింకింగ్ బ్యాడ్ ఆఫ్ అదర్స్ దే థింక్ దట్ సంథింగ్ గుడ్ వుడ్ హ్యాపన్ టు దెమ్ తాను ఇతరులు కీడు కోడినటువంటి వాడు ఇతరులకు కీడు సంభవించినప్పటికీ తిరిగి అంతకంటే అనేక రెట్టు తిరిగి వచ్చి ఆ కీడు తనే హింసిస్తుంటాడు వన్ హూ డిజైర్స్ టు హామ్ అదర్స్ ఈనాటి మానవులు గుర్తించడానికి ప్రయత్నించడం లేదు బట్ హీ ఆల్సో వుడ్ సఫర్ దిస్ ఇస్ నాట్ బీయింగ్ సరైనటువంటి ఆదర్శము దుర్యోధన దుశ్శాసనాధుని దుర్యోధన దుశ్శాసన హోల్డ్ ఎక్సలెంట్ ఎగ్జాంపుల్స్ ఫర్ దిస్ వీరు ధర్మమూర్తులైనటువంటి పాండవుల పైన అనేక రక్షలు పోని వారి కీడును నిరంతరము చింతిస్తూ వచ్చారు they took enmity against the pandavas who were following righteous path and continuously scheme and scheming and planning yeno meer kantalpam dushankalpam lainappadigani dani yokka prabhavamu kontavarku pandavulu pai jarigindappadigani kadapadi kevaipindi antakante anekarettu keedu veelake sambhavinchi in the beginning they put harm pandavas by their bad thoughts but at the end they were harmed in a million fold more than ఈ విషయాన్ని చక్కగా మీరు గుర్తించాలి డియర్ స్టూడెంట్స్ యూ షుడ్ రికగ్నైజ్ అండ్ రియలైజ్ ఎవరు మనం కోరరాదు ఇతరులు కీడును కోరితే పది వంతులు మన కీడుకు జరుగుతుంది ఎవరిని దూషించరాదు యూ షుడ్ నాట్ క్రిటిసైజ్ ఎనివన్ నీవు ఇతరులు దూషించినప్పుడు నిన్ను అనేక మంది దూషిస్తారు స్నేహితులను వంచించినటువంటి వాడు స్నేహితుల చేత వంచింపబడతాడు ఇఫ్ యూ డిసీవ్ యువర్ ఫ్రెండ్స్ యువర్ ఫ్రెండ్స్ విల్ ఆల్సో డిసీవ్ యూ తండ్రి మాటను ధిక్కరించినటువంటి వాడు తన కుమారం చేస్తారు ధిక్కరింపబడతాడు పరులను హింసించినటువంటి వాడు పరుల చేతి హింసింపబడతాడు ఈ మనసు యొక్క ప్రభావం దిస్ రియాక్షన్ రిసౌండ్ అండ్ రిఫ్లెక్షన్ ఈ ది నేచర్ అండ్ ఇంపాక్ట్ ఆఫ్ మైండ్ కనుక మనం ఎవరిని కూడాను ఏ విధంగా కూడాను దూషించటం కానీ హింసించటం కానీ మనం ప్రయత్నించకూడదు దట్ ఈస్ వై It's quite interesting that Swami started with that same point which uh, Sir was telling about fear and in fact Swami even sang that uh, very Padhyam. He has done that number of times in many discourses in that. Sir, uh, Swami is talking about fear. Uh, what exactly is saying the root cause for fear here? He says is the absence of pure and sacred thoughts in the minds of men. and uh, you know going by what swami told in the previous clip a bad thought is one that keeps you separate from another human being yeah. so basically the moment you start feeling that everybody is one and the same then the fear in your mind vanishes is that how it is that is true but that is a very difficult concept to realize that it is difficult for us to see that you and i are one correct there's a simple uh, solution swami had given to that mm mm-hmm. 
the faith is the antidote for fear oh he said for example if you don't have faith that you go to the office and return back to the home in the evening mm. you will not go to the office at all mm. if you go to the barber he will give cut your hair not your throat if you don't have that faith you won't go to the barber so it is the faith that makes us do things in this world so one way to overcome fear is that the faith faith that no harm will come i can succeed that so that way you can put a lid on the fear that's what he said but then how does that faith come the faith probably sometimes it is it, it depends on the individual situation things like a child has got a faith in mother or parents or sometimes you have a faith in your friend so faith basically comes but various things that have happened to you in life and the best thing is if you have got a faith in god then that protection that faith comes in all situations all the time because this is all limited whereas faith in god will comes there because he is there all the time with you in and around all that and therefore having faith in god always gives you courage to do things and thereby you can overcome fear and this is a common experience for all of us when i came here i had a fear about what i'm going to do but anyway i knew that he will take care of me put me through because <laughs> he has done thousand times this is thousand one plus time so with that faith i took bit to an extent i could overcome my fear of coming to this meeting so the faith is one of the things that uh, can help us to overcome the fear you know so even as you saying i remember one of the devotees shared that when they came in the 1940s and 50s he came pretty uh, you know well placed in life but then was went to go through a lot of torment in life he lost a lot of money and all that but all through some you're telling them i'm going to take care of you but you can imagine that they were not completely having that kind of rock solid faith on swami because swami was still a new entity in their life so he said that at one point it was you know it was a matter of life and death so the husband and wife come together and they recollect see we have the situation in hand we have a lot of problem and here is a person who seems to be not an ordinary person but he's telling have faith in me so then they say they look back and they said nothing that he did was for himself whatever he told us there's nothing he's going to benefit out of it and whatever he said whatever he asked us to do was in a way going to benefit us so they said there's absolutely nothing wrong in having faith in him so they made a resolve that whatever happens how much ever doubt comes away we're going to have faith in him you know the, the many ways in which people have established that faith in swami we often think that you know experience leads to faith but i think swami has always emphasized that faith is the one which leads to the experience faith is the most important thing for anything either for living or for spiritual progress whatever it is without faith you cannot do anything in this world that's what human beings need i don't mind repeating it again when i have repeated this many times but uh, there is no harm in repeating it again when some of the students ask swami swami how to develop faith in you swami said either you have faith or you don't have faith <laughs> you can't say i'll have 20% faith on monday and 40% on wednesday is it either it is there or not there so what you're saying is once you develop that faith then there is no fear no you have to have the faith that he will give you faith to you <laughs> then, no that's what it is few things will happen few incidents will happen while it is happening you are not aware what is happening the greatest advantage of swami's devotees have is at least in the post mortem they will realize that his hand was there yes make walk you through that <laughs> and that mm. gives the confidence so three four incidents like that will put you right on that track and you are very sure okay he will take care and if he is not taking care he has got a good reason for that that kind of a logic comes to the most of the devotees who come to swami and that's why they are better off than others so that's basically surrender like the moment you accept that whatever is happening to you is good for you whether swami does this for you or doesn't do it for you you accept it well surrender right? because these are all the words which work at various levels <laughs> various <laughs> levels so yes you can call it as a kind of surrender but it's more than surrender i, I understand it's a more a belief Mm. you accept it is going to do it for you that's not that you accept surrender means in every aspect you no on other things we question him <laughs> we find fault with mm. him even when he is helping us we start shouting you are not helping me surrender won't do that mm. a person who has surrendered will not say that but you have somewhere deep in your heart okay when things go out of my hand he will be there to help me out that kind of faith will but i think that's what swami says about practice that even that 
spontaneously faith coming instead of fear because when put in a situation fear is the most spontaneous thing and as sir said you know you look back and you have that faith but i think with practice that spontaneous thing can be faith no once the faith starts coming up you know even when you see the fear the, the faith will give you courage to face that face it face it it is not that the swami will remove everything from your life if that is the case we will not make progress <laughs> all these Absolutely. things are there we have to make progress that's what he has said but he will put it to that extent we are able to bear work with it and overcome that and whenever we are short of it he will do something so that we become good enough to face that that's kind of help he keeps giving hand from time to time and that we inherently understand as we start living with him and another thing he has said about bad thoughts and the fear you see these are i think very intricately related mm-hmm. when do i fear you mm. if i have bad thoughts about you i think this fellow is not trustworthy is capable of doing these this then more and more of my fear comes out correct whereas i start i don't have bad thoughts about you good thoughts about you and i have a bit of love for you then automatically the fear between us doesn't exist correct so it is that the bad thoughts thinking about unnecessarily people and criticizing people these are the things which are really cause and that's why swami is very against about people talking against criticizing people saying something bad about others he will never tolerate if something is said in his presence in fact that is also something which swami says towards the end of this clip mm-hmm. the point of criticizing what mm-hmm. we heard just now swami is telling telling about criticizing and doing things to harm others because the point which most often we forget is thoughts are not just thoughts mm-hmm. whatever think we think it gets writ- written on to our personality it it goes into that chitta there mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is there and therefore when the time comes it comes out without knowing i might have criticized you so my mind is already tuned to that kind of colors and it it assumes that when the time comes whereas i look good people talk about nice things things like that those things will come to our help so it is good that always that's why i said say good be good talk all that you know it's just to try to put as many good things to us as possible that's how swami has Sir, been advising so basically what your senses see and perceive based on that you get thoughts and your thoughts are also influenced by what you see and perceive by the senses not only that what kind of thoughts come because you may see the same scene mm-hmm. different people react differently that depends on their samskaras oh sir so, I mean there are certain innate things every soul uh, inherits from birth to birth mm-hmm. and therefore they one person reacts very violently one fellow realizes it but somehow he doesn't have courage to act to that and some fellow takes it very cool so these same thing different people react differently because of whatever samskaras or the whatever uh, they have built during the period it's something like that what i was trying to say that you know when you start a computer when you switch it on there's nothing in it mm-hmm. but as you start running it starts loading more and more programs into it and gains capabilities so as we live through the life mm-hmm. we keep adding traits to us and those traits depends on how strong they are if some of the things have a very strong belief or very strong in us that keeps coming time and again a person who is a short tempered you know for everything he will get uh, correct and gets gets angry about it that mm. is his trait you see so those things in turn will guide our thoughts okay and therefore in order to merely controlling thoughts means you cannot just put a stop to that mm. it's an endless process the only way all this doing this and swami has said he said one way is simply like you know he always used to put his kerchief see is the kerchief is holding the hand or hand is holding the kerchief you turn the hand kerchief falls it mm. is the hand that is similarly he said that i have this problem this problem problem is not holding you you drop you the problem it is gone <laughs> wow. that is true that is very simple mm. but unfortunately we are not in a position to drop the problem as such mm-hmm. but by slowly through discrimination and logic we mm. can weaken its effect mm. slowly that means every thought gets a weight ad- attached to that mm. it's not just we think we give some importance to it so how much importance we give to a thought is the most important thing so basically you're saying that thought if it is guided by the intelligence by buddhi yes 
then that, that is the buddhi which adds the weight to that okay and that if you are discriminatively adding look this is not good i should not pay attention to that you ignore it mm. you will see that you will experience it but it just passes off for example we are going in the road we see so many people we get attracted to only few of them not everybody mm. so in the same way thoughts are continuously passing in our mind just keep watching them that's why swami says whenever a thought comes don't put that into action immediately give a small break to that let the mind think about the, the buddhi mm. think about discriminate it then you act that mm. and he says any thought which is put into action it becomes physical you become punishable because you do a karma mm. whereas a, just a thought is just a thought it at it less the physical level of the world you, you you may think of many things but nobody can punish you for that but the moment you do it you have it mm. and therefore don't convert every thoughts into action unless you are sure that it's going to give benefit to you so that's where the buddhi part comes into picture hmm you're talking about you know problems and we holding the problems and not ready to let go you know one famous psychologist he says he describes the patients who come to him he says they are like people who are neck deep in a cesspool mm-hmm. okay and none of the patients want to come out of the pool they come to the doctor to tell make sure nobody makes waves <laughs> because they say we want to be in there mm. but just make sure we are comfortable in there mm. <laughs> that is true for example most of the disease some said that 80 to 80, 90% of the diseases are mental oh physical diseases are much much smaller in number mm. if you start believing you do not have a disease you will not have it mm. it all depends on with what strength of mind you accept that and we we must have been doing it you know many times in our own lives for example one day you must be tired exhausted you think you cannot do it but the work is so demanding you start to forget about it correct only when the work is over you realize that how did you do it but what happened this is was not there it was there but the other thing is so powerful your mind was completely on it it had no time to think about that and that's how the mind is to be diverted mm. and uh, that's what swami says and often replace the bad thoughts by good thoughts is that here again he mentions pravriti marga nivriti marga so having the senses go towards outward is pravriti marga and having them go inward is nivriti marga and you know so beautifully swami puts it he says manas is the reins the buddhi is the chariot the senses are there so if the senses are pulling then it's <laughs> pravriti marga hmm. if the buddhi is in control of the reins then it's nivriti, nivriti marga, marga. you know how wonderfully of course it swami is quoting from the katobanishad but if we really try to understand this and try to put it at least one or two instances you will see that it has an effect you may not be able to do it every day but at least in some situations critical situations difficult situations where we need to think about it and do things probably it is possible for us to try this and uh, do with it sir what's your experience with intuition for example like you know you are really in a very difficult situation in life now we are talking about mind intelligence buddhi and senses and all that there comes a time when everything stops and suddenly you get a flash i said the basically what prompts everything is atma okay okay so whenever one is tuned to that because atma is all the time prompting Okay. For example, you think what you want to do it. Suppose you are waiting there, two buses come. Which bus I should take? Something tells you take this bus. What is that? Which is telling? Hmm. Yeah, didn't have any logic reason all that. So that is something which is innate in you tells you. But the moment that comes, the mind start arguing. No, no, no. This bus looks old, dilapidated. It may not may take me in time. I may not take. Even though this is longer route, this bus good. You know that kind of logic changes. So many times in situations when we see. uh the answer comes from the mind i'll tell you one example which i understood for example here itself is there help your heart never correct i used to think help your what way why should help help ever help your what way should kept on thinking and suddenly something told me help ever to empower oh <laughs> help ever to empower so if you are able to really do that that's the best way of helping you see Hmm. If you help somebody to empower, that problem is once and for all solved. To empower him to solve his own problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You help him to empower. Hmm. Help him to empower. So that's best way to solve a problem. That's way the golden way to solve. Help somebody. 
rather than doing something and then leave it at that. That will be a temporary thing. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, now, how did I come to know about it? I never thought about it. In fact, I never, the word empower was not there in my mind at all. I just kept on thinking how it is there, how it is there and suddenly, so that way many times Swami has taught me many things. Just something comes in mind, I keep thinking about it. Some way the answer comes. But I have learned over a period of time all such answers are from Him and I accepted them, they are from Him. Yes. So that helped me a lot either in my subject or in my day-to-day life or understanding spiritual things or something Swami expects me to do. All these things help me to do that because of whatever that speaks from in a voice that's intuition i think the problem with intuition it's it's like swami sometimes telling you no now utesamlo itla chesthe baagundi you know instead of telling us in affirmative and very forcefully he will, he will says, never, in my opinion he will never tell you do this in very very rare situations and where he is probably obliged to protect that fellow mm. only then he will say do this otherwise he will always give advice and leave the choice for you to do it mm. yes <laughs> this we have seen many many times many things <laughs> he will never because he is sakshibuti basically he is not concerned in his level everything is good there is nothing like bad everything is good for him mm. and therefore he will not describe he will not sit on a judgment he knows that this fellow is going to do something very different of ex- what than what is expected of him mm. but when he is giving him he will not think of that he will just give whatever is to be given them when that point comes that day he will act Mm. but today he will not take that as the reason to the way he behaves with him typically what we yes. do yes. in our daily interactions he, he typically lives in the present typically mm. all the time ever lives in the present and that you can see him from his actions from his words when he is talking to somebody in whatever other place he is not concerned about it <laughs> only when he turns to him he will talk to him <laughs> so that is uh, i mean i mean the place for all of us you know it is been kind of a lab to experiment on divinity know how god works correct and when i now i look at that devanki dev picture you know mm. i see everything and everything i see swami whatever we have been seeing him whatever he has been doing it's a typical thing it is still present there so so uh, this basically how we saw swami and perceived him in flesh and blood that's how the atma is inside us right it's the atma is all the time <laughs> all the time not that's not how i think that, that is, is <laughs> swami is and that is that is where the difference between a spiritually evolved person and an ordinary person because for him the mind doesn't exist whatever tells he thinks it is from the atma and he will try to follow it mm once for in fact i remember one swami said if you think that the mind itself is the atma all your problems are finished oh that's oh. interesting <laughs> because i did not understand i still don't understand <laughs> probably what he means is that whatever mind is because the mind always comes in between mm. moment something some thought some concept comes to you it tries to debate it good bad wait all that mm. but if you start thinking that itself is from the atma it is all fresh from the inner being mm, mm. automatically it will fall in place somewhere because there is nothing like bad in ultimately it turn out to be good <laughs> it's only the root that matters and so slowly slowly you will start listening more to that in fact as you we were discussing in swami's letter historic letter to his brother he says my definition of a devotee is one who does not see the difference between good and good bad, bad. there is no difference between good and bad That's what he said. Then you know, that each chapter advised us Sarva Bhutanam. Mm. That is his definition of a devotee. So mm. I remember somebody asked him, "Are you a follower of Swami?" And this fellow looked at him. I'm not sure about it, but I'm sure that he is following. <laughs> <laughs> Swami is a follower of mine. <laughs> so that's what it is. When it comes to Swami, see the story is entirely different. It doesn't depend on how much we are devoted to him, how much faith we have in him. What exactly is the reason? he does things for us he alone knows so uh, that's what the the power that is inside each one of us has come down in that physical form precisely and he is there in right in yes, front of us what we could not perceive see is he has come out there to show that this is how it is you trust it now if we can take that back into us again and mm. feel that he is not that he is still there mm. we don't miss him and i think we experience him it's like keeping a mobile reminder for something which is already in your pocket <laughs> so if you're looking for it sometime it's here and you know no, but uh, that that's also the reason how swami knew everything about everybody because he is the one who the power who is inside each one of us he is in everybody that's what it is 
<laughs> when when he is with you he is you correct that's why he he will tell everything anything even thoughts which you are not aware of it he will tell that is his greatest power and that's the his main weapon oh to tell you you bloody fellow i know everything <laughs> what you are doing you better know about it now. and so listen to me what i say so one of the first things he does with most of the new devotees to convince him that he is aware of everything that particular person is sometimes even passing thoughts which you have not observed he brings it out and saying that this is what you have been thinking now mm-hmm. and that will have a tremendous effect i remember once he was talking to some philosophy professors from chennai so he was explaining what is philosophy things like that i was listening to it and then suddenly asked me what did i tell you what did i tell now that particular moment i was not listening to oh i went went off <laughs> he just gave a smile and then again continued mm-hmm. and then i later realized that why he stopped in the middle and saying that even that particular moment that i was not paying attention what he was he is aware of it mm. and now that is uh, you know it is sometimes shocking sometimes <laughs> good <laughs> because when you are not doing things you are not expected to do that's a big force to correct you and when you are in trouble you are also confident that he knows about it he will take care of you mm. so that's kind of that's how he brings in faith not mm. that by telling stories this kind of things he will do like just one one, one particular thing. thing and one thing he does for you will impact billion things around you mm. Mm. he may be talking to you but the same thing he is talking to is affecting 100 fellows around you many yeah. times he was talking to me i know that it was nothing to do with me Hmm. It was meant for somebody else. We <laughs> saw. So that's how he brings in faith. Because we asked, how does he bring faith? That's how he brings in faith. So the Vritti Parthi we were talking about. Hmm, that's what. I mean, living with God is true education. That is. It. That, <laughs> that is. <laughs> Those three sentences are golden sentences. Living with God hmm. is education. Uh, living, living for, for God, God is a devotion. devotion. living in god spirituality spirituality now that is the first level happens to most of us when we are living with him he make sure that we learn something i think unfortunately so we are running out of time right, but i think, I, right, right. I think that's the beauty of talking about swami there is absolutely no account of how much time has passed right i don't know whether i have taken away from you the main topic of the discourse No, so the main topic of the discourse is always Swami and I think we will never be going away by talking about Swami. That is true, that is true. But uh, anyway, thanks a lot for calling me here because uh, uh, one way to be with him is to talk about him again and again and again. What helps others are, I'm not sure about it, but definitely this helps me. This is what Manano. Correct. so i have been able to think about all those <laughs> things which otherwise i would not have thought about it and so that's a great opportunity to be with him this one hour through various aspects and i am highly obliged you to you boys for this in fact uh, this one hour our minds are also focused only on swami <laughs> so that is how the how you can focus the mind <laughs> that's what we always say we we don't know how many listeners listen to us this program how many benefit from it but one thing is absolutely sure there is no taking away that we are the biggest beneficiaries of sitting here and talking about swami and listening to swami so on behalf of all our listeners sir thank you so much for being a part of this program it was truly enlightening to have you a company here don't thank me it's the least i could do for all what he has given to me we really hope we have more opportunities to have you in this show and then we as we progress along the discourses we'll get more insights into what swami is telling and how he showed it in day to day life so dear listeners that brings us to the end of this episode of shravanam mananam nidhyasanam this is prem from team radio sai with sai prakash and with our special guest professor gb prabhakar rao thanking you for your company and offering this program at bhagwan's lotus feet jai sai ram You just heard an episode of our radio series Shravanam Mananam Nididhyasanam that is listen reflect and absorb This is a segment that is hosted live on Thursdays at 7:30 pm 
by Radio Sai Sai Prakash and Prem only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. In today's episode, which was first broadcast live on 29th August 2013, Professor G V Prabhakar Rao, Honorary Professor, Department of Mathematics and Computer Science, Sri Satya Sai Institute of Higher Learning, participated as a guest. The discourses undertaken for study in this program. are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian culture and spirituality 1990 the clips played on this episode were from the discourse delivered on 24th may 1990 to listen to the next part of this program tune in same time same day next week please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener@radiosai.org Thank you and Sai Ram from Prashanthi Nilayam.